Thank you for downloading the Beacon Church podcast. We hope that you enjoy today's message and that you find that God speaks to you through it. So uh, good to be here. A special uh, welcome to you if this is your uh, first time. It's also my first time, so welcome to me as well. Um, it's so great to, to be here in this wonderful church. Just see so much uh, love uh, present already. I, I, I got to know Owen and, and over the summer called New Day, and uh, it's just great to see uh, Owen. He's one of the key vital cogs there, just going from meeting to meeting. Um, but just even though there's like 7,000 uh, people there, and he's one of the key guys, he just so readily stops for people just to say hello and ask how they're doing. It's just, what a guy, really. And um, Nina, my wife, is Pauline's biggest fan. Uh, they had some breakfast together and got to know each other over that time as well. So it's a real honor uh, to be here. It's worth mentioning, my wife is, uh, I think I've mentioned already, she's very pregnant. Uh, she's seven months pregnant. So I'm questioning coming to your next baby uh, dedication, <laughs> just so we can get some extra blessings. Just go around the country, get the m- most blessings of all. Uh, so it's great to, to be here. Uh, we're going to be uh, staying with the theme of uh, family, uh, and uh, we're going to be looking at uh, God's family, really, and his role in his divine family. But I thought before I do that, I'd introduce you to my family. So it should come up on the screen, just so you can get to know me a bit. This is a very special uh, picture for me, because it's a picture of my, uh, mine and Nina's wedding day. Um, it was eight and a half years ago. Been together for 12 years, and uh, it was special uh, because family members uh, flew in from all around the world to to, to be there, and uh, and it's very rare for us all to be in the same place at the same time. Someone, I don't know if I keep cutting out, but uh, someone very special. And that's the person in the back right in the blue shirt. Yes, him. And the reason I want to direct your attention to him is I have no idea who he is. (laughs) 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 Who he is. But time said, close family of Toby Ford Weston, and this guy showed up, and I've never met him before in my life. I'm from Brighton, this sort of thing happens quite often, so I'm sure, I'm, I'm guessing he's probably walked in off the street and just joined the picture. Um, but what troubles me is why no one in my family is kind of saying anything. <laughs> They're just accepting it. Um, so maybe you know who he is. Please do see me after. It's, it's the last eight and a half years. Um, and, and also with my family, as, as well as him, I want to draw your attention to someone else. Uh, that's very special. This is the lady front left. This is my grandmother. This is my grandmother. Just before uh, this uh, picture was taken, she, she pulled me to the side and took me to the side and said, this is the happiest day of my life. You wouldn't guess so from the picture, though, really. I don't know what happened. Maybe it is a disconnect. I can assure you she is um, a very joyful person. She is really joyful. She's a joy. Um, but I'm guessing, like, it wasn't getting to her face at that very moment. She's probably tired, but she's very joyful. But that's, that's me very much. But we're going to be, as I said, looking at, at God's role in his family, and we're going to be doing that from a scripture. And it's just a short scripture, um, but it's mighty. 
And uh, we've already quoted from the uh, book of Romans, Romans 8 earlier, but uh, I'm going to read from verse 15, just one verse, it says this. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Father God, I just thank you so much for your word. I thank you that it's still sharp. I thank you that it still bears fruit all these thousands of years later. And I just pray, Lord, that we would know something of who you are through Jesus Christ and love you more for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. amen. Well, I don't know um, if I were to ask you uh, the question, how would you describe God? What if you could choose one word? What one word would kind of most describe God? Now, I'm sure that sort of the word that you would choose isn't a million miles off. If you were to ask me, though, the word I would choose, it would be father. God is a father. And I wouldn't be alone in thinking because the word that Jesus uh, most used when referencing his father, God. Uh, chapter 6, verse 9. Is there another mic? Hello? Okay. Famously in Matthew chapter 6. Oh, hello. <laughs> Famously in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. Uh, Jesus is asked how to pray by his disciples. His disciples say, how, how, how do we pray? Uh, Jesus says this, pray like this then. Call God your Father. Our Father who art in heaven. Uh, this was how Jesus so related to God. And, and it was costly. It was dangerous. Uh, because the reality is the religious opponents of Jesus, the, the scribes and the Pharisees, uh, they didn't like Jesus referring to God in this way. It's not because God was never referred to as a father in his day. No, he was more seen as the, the national father, the father of the nation of Israel, the people of God. But for Jesus to be speaking about God the Father in this kind of personal sense, they didn't like it because they understood that actually what you're really saying, Jesus, is that you guys are cut from the same cloth, if I can put it that way. Like father, like son, you're kind of one and the same. They thought it was blasphemous and they wanted to kill him. And so when Jesus was referring to God as a father publicly, he knew what he was doing and he was risking his life. But it was so important to Jesus for us to understand this is truly what the Father is like. He was willing to do that. And not only was it important to Jesus for us to know that God is a Father, it was also important to the Father for us to know that he's a Father. We see from the way God has created humanity, I mean, right at the center of really what it means to be human, we've seen this morning. It's the family unit. And one of the chief offices, one of the key roles within the family is the role of father. It's the role of father. And God, when he was creating the family, he, he didn't create fathers 
and then think, oh, this is, this is really good. I really love how many of the fathers are responding with their children. I, I know what, do you know what? I'm going to call myself a father. I'm going to be as a father because I've created humanity and I, I like that. I'm going to be like a father now. That's not how it happened. You see, God has been a father for a long, long time. God was actually a father before he was even a creator. Before God said, let there be light and set this whole cosmos into being, he was in perfect relationship with his son. For eternity past, forever and ever and ever backwards, relating to Jesus the son as his father and Jesus the son relating to the father as his son, which means right at the core Right at the core of what it means to be God is that God is a father. He's a father. And the reality is that it might be difficult for some of us to hear that. My my experience is that, generally speaking, how we see our parents, in particular our fathers, can be, can be how we see God. Therefore, if your father was particularly kind, particularly generous, particularly forgiving, chances are you find it easy to see God as kind, generous, and forgiving. But perhaps your father wasn't that way. Perhaps he was more distant Perhaps he was more angry. Chances are you may well see God as distant, as angry, as difficult to please. The reality is God so wants us to, he wants us to look at our earthly fathers and see something of him. He, he wants us to look at our earthly fathers and say, Okay, so God's kind of like that, but better, but perfect. But that's not so much been the case for everyone, I'm sure, in the room. Perhaps some of you in the room struggle with God being a father. Perhaps even as I've said it, you thought in your heart, please, not like my father. Anyone but my father. Perhaps for you, your father is sadly not with us. Perhaps he's passed away, and you, perhaps even recently, and you long for him to be with you. Perhaps for other of us, it's, it's your, you've never met your biological father. He just basically haven't, hasn't been around. And for others still, perhaps he has been around, but really... He, it seems like he, he, he's not really cared. He's not been present. I'm even seeing um, right now, Holy Spirit's given me um, situations like sporting occasions, perhaps sports days. Perhaps you looked over and you, you wished that your dad was there. Maybe you saw the parents, the fathers of other children there and you didn't see your father there. Maybe it's drama situations, school plays, things of that nature. Maybe your father has done great damage to your family. Maybe even your mother in particular. 
Or maybe it was violence. Maybe you lived your life in fear. Perhaps alcohol was involved. Well, if this is you, listen to me. I am so sorry. I am so sorry. I understand. Because I too, I have never met my biological father. I'm adopted. And my story goes something like this. I was born in Nigeria, um, out of marriage, um, to a single mum, really. And um, in many places in the world today, if you were to have a child out of marriage, um, there's a great deal of shame associated with that culturally. Um, How much more? 32 years ago in Nigeria. And my biological father, he he really didn't want to have, uh, sadly, much to, to do with me. So much so, my, my biological mother, she, she couldn't cope. Uh, she actually um, booked um, an appointment at a clinic. Uh, she was going to have a, a termination on the, in the car on the way to the termination. God spoke to her and he said, do not do this thing. I thank God that he... He spoke very directly to her because she, she didn't go through them. Uh, but nevertheless, she, she couldn't cope and she gave me up. And um, I was then adopted by an Englishman and a Nigerian woman um, who are my adoptive mum and dad, who I will refer to as mum and dad. And the reality is my parents, they, they couldn't have children which is why it's such a blessing to see so many healthy children. They couldn't have children, but my parents, they did not need me. And it's a picture of God because I tell you, God doesn't need you. But let me say this. My parents... They wanted me. And God, your father, wants you. He's wanted you your whole life. And isn't it better to be wanted rather than needed? Because if you are needed there may be a situation whereby you are no longer needed. If you're needed, it may be because of you, the way you look or the way you can perform or how strong you are. But the moment you don't look that way, the moment it fades, the moment you are no longer strong, the moment you can no longer perform, you are no longer needed and then you are discarded. But if you're wanted the way God wants you, You are wanted forever. Forever. And you can say, well, hang on a second, Toby. How can you say that? How can you truly say that? 
forever? What about sin? Come on, let's talk about that. What about sin? What about if I blow it? What about if I keep on blowing it again and again and again? Surely there comes a point where God just says, that's it. I've had enough. You're on your own. Surely. That is an important question. And let me answer it like this. God's known you for a really long time. He knew you before you knew you. He knew you while he was forming you in your mother's womb. He knew you before the foundation of the world. Before he said, let there be light. He knew your full name. And with this total and perfect knowledge of you, comes a total and perfect knowledge of your sin. Therefore, God knew you would lie. God knew you would cheat. God knew you would steal. God knew you would swear. God knew you would be proud. God knew you would doubt him. God knew you would watch pornography. God knew you would gossip. God knew you would struggle with how you look. God knew you would lust. God knew you would be fearful. God knew you would dishonor him. God knew you would disobey him. God knew you would struggle with anxiety. God knew you would lack confidence. And do you know what he says? I choose you anyway. Through faith in Jesus Christ, you have been chosen by a father who loves you. Hear him calling your name now. Hear it. Therefore, friends, you may not have had a good mother. You may not have had a good father. But you can have the perfect heavenly father. And with this perfect knowledge of you, God wants you, through Jesus, to have an increasingly perfect knowledge of him. So much so that you even, you even call him Abba. That's what we read. It says, you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Uh, what Abba means is it's an Aramaic word. Aramaic is the language that Jesus actually spoke to his disciples. And what, what it means really is, it means dad. It means dad. God wants you to know him as father with the respect, with the honor with a reverence, absolutely. But he also wants you to know him as dad with the intimacy and the closeness and the trust. And the reality is, quite frankly, you have been created 
intricately and specifically designed in this way to know him like this. You have a hole in our, we all do, a hole in our heart, really, that needs to be filled with God's love and his acceptance and his affirmation and his approval. And whether we, whether we acknowledge God as real and Jesus as a son or not, it doesn't stop you needing it. You were created like that. And therefore, for you, if you haven't been relating to God in this special and unique way as father, this may be the missing link. It may be the missing link in your life. So this is something of what it means when we read, you have, not, you have received the spirit of adoption as sons. What? But this, this scripture isn't just about adoption. It's also about fear. It says this. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. Uh, you might say, well, hang on a second. How, how can one verse, one verse talk about God as father and God as Fearful. How can that be? Well, let me say this. God isn't a father to everybody. God is a father to those people that have repented of their sin, which basically means doing a U-turn. means changing your mind, turning from the way you were going and going in a different way and, and put their faith and given their lives and began to trust Jesus rather than their own efforts and works. God is a father to, to those people that have a personal, direct relationship with him. Uh, but for anyone that hasn't yet done this, uh, Romans chapter 5 verse 10 says that God isn't, God isn't your father, but it says God is your, your enemy. Enemy. I know nothing more fearful than having God Almighty as my great enemy. And therefore, if you don't know God as Father, you, you, you may know God really as is, is, is fearful. And, and because you don't have his acceptance and his approval and his affirmation, uh, the chances are you'll be looking for acceptance and approval and affirmation in all different areas because you've been designed to need it, need it. What is it for you? Where are you looking for approval? In this age, increasingly so, it's social media. Some of us, not all of us, perhaps you're presenting a version of yourself online or even to other people, not so much online, that isn't really the, the true version of yourself. And you're looking through the way you present yourself online or in person to other people or in word for affection. You're looking for acceptance. You're looking for more likes. You're looking for more followers. You're looking for more people to approve you. Why? Because what we are needing from a father, we're looking for from others. 
But the difficulty is, when is it ever enough? You're approved of today, but will you tomorrow? Perhaps you you have heroes, or maybe it is online, maybe it's not online. And you have heroes that you're looking to. And you think, man, if, if only I looked like her, or if only I was like him, if only I had this lifestyle, then, then I would be accepted. Then I'd be approved. Then I'd be affirmed. Uh, maybe it's perfectionism. Maybe you are looking to, there's a, what we call fear of man. Maybe it's just a struggle with, with people's opinions. And people's opinions matter too much to you. Maybe it's the opinion even of your parents. Maybe it's friends. Maybe it's your boss. Whoever it may be. And you're thinking, oh, I just need to be in with this person. I need to do all I can to please this person. But it leads to what we just read. Potential anxiety because you never know if you've done enough. It's exhausting. Perhaps even you struggle with panic attacks here. Actual anxiety. Maybe you had a panic attack and you thought you were going to have a heart attack. Well, let me say this. Jesus, he's gone to the most anxious place of all for you. He went to the cross. Jesus knows what it's like to have God the Father as his great enemy. Because that's what happened on the cross. He took the punishment that you and I deserve for our sins, sins that I listed earlier. He took it so that we could know peace with God. And that peace that God gives us, a peace that goes even beyond what we can understand, it filters through an impact on anxiety, on fear. And when you know God, you start to understand that it's his opinion that matters the most. Because when you have peace with God Almighty, what can man say about me? What can man do to me? Really? Because I have his approval, his affirmation, his acceptance, and that goes forever. And so you're free. You're freed up from anxieties and pressures and approval elsewhere because you know you have his Actually, you never have to fear again. Well, hang on a second, Toby. You, you just said something pretty, pretty startling. You said, I never have to fear again. But what if? What if I am a Christian or I want to become a Christian and I do fear? Well, what do I do then? Does that mean it's not, I'm not genuine? What, what happens then? It's a good question. Let me answer it like this. The Bible, I wonder if someone wouldn't mind helping me, actually, um, just helping me taking these two chairs over here. Uh, to answer that question, I'm going to give you an analogy. The Bible talks about God's throne. And for sake of argument, this is, this is God's throne. God's throne is a bit more fancy than this, I can assure you. Um, but this makes the point. And when you struggle with fear, the Bible talks about 
God's throne as a throne of grace. And I want you to understand how to approach the throne of grace. I'll tell you how not to approach it. You don't approach God's throne of grace by standing at the door to his courtroom. You don't approach it by saying, God, look, um, I basically don't want to have much to do with you. I don't believe you, but I'm going to stand by the door and I'm going to speak to you. And I'm not really expecting much from you and you probably don't want to hear from me. So I'm going to sort of ask you by the door. God doesn't want you to approach him like that. Uh, Nor does God want you to approach him like this. On your hands and knees. Please, Lord, please, please, hear me, hear me. You don't really want to hear me, but please, I'm begging, please. I'm I'm just begging, please, please, Lord. God doesn't want you to approach him like that. Like a beggar. tell you what nor does God want you to approach him like this face to face with him the gospel the good news is better than that because the way God wants you to approach approach his throne of grace through faith in Jesus in prayer is to approach the throne with confidence and sit on his throne and sit on your father's lap and from that position you have your father's full and undivided attention there you can tell him your fears and your anxieties and there you can Talk about how you may have messed up. And I tell you, your heavenly father will never, ever cast you away. He is an exceptional listener. Therefore, when you have God as your father, it becomes the reality that most defines you. It becomes what you identify as it becomes who you are which means Romans 8 verse 15 for you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear but you have received the spirit of adoption of sons translation I'm no longer a slave to fear I am a child of God. If the band can join me and we'll pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you are Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord, that Jesus has taken the punishment and we don't know, we don't need to know you as fearful through coming to him in humility, wrapping our arms around him which essentially means repenting of our sin and trusting his work on the cross and his resurrection. I thank you, Lord, that you are Abba. You are Daddy to us. You love us through Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that all of our sins you don't call to mind. As far as the east is from the west, 
That's where our sins are to you. I thank you, Lord, that you are so gentle and kind. Thank you that you want us not to stand at the door, not to crawl and beg, not even to sit opposite you, but to come up there with you and speak with you. We thank you that you're so good and we can know you in this way. We thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. You have just listened to a Beacon Church recording. If you would like more information about us, our vision, the team or upcoming events, please visit our website, which is beacon-church.org. You can email us at office at beacon-church.com or find us socially on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You are welcome to share this recording as you wish, but please do not make any edits without express consent. Thank you.